or say just something that was hooked onto the shingles and didn't really know what it was. And uh, so, yeah. And plus, it was 1 a.m. We had just flown back from New Mexico, so uh, we were barely conscious at the time, you know. So uh, everybody was asking how my wife is doing, how Cindy's doing. Um, you know, she's doing well. Uh, we got back from our celebrating our 40th anniversary, and that was awesome. And as soon as we get back, she leaves. And so uh, she's actually in South Carolina with her mom. Please be praying for Bessie Jofrida. That's the name, isn't it? Bessie Jofrida. Well, she married a guy named Elsie Dukes. And uh, they were from the country. And so, but, but Bessie Jo, she's been in ICU now for about three weeks. And, uh, but she is improving the last couple of days. She has been getting better. Praise God. She is, uh, they are planning for uh, a surgery that is required for her to continue to get better. So be praying. The surgery is a pretty big deal. Here come Tuesday. And uh, I appreciate y'all's prayers with that. But once again, last week, I, I just thanked everybody for all that you did on the house and just created such a blessing for us. And just want to say thank you so, so much for that. Amen. And, uh, and so I know many of you are here and rest of them are, anybody else are enjoying the Labor Day weekend somewhere. And, uh, but we're glad you're here this morning. Amen. And uh, Scott, I didn't get to tell you, thank you for helping all the things you did on the inside with the plumbing. Was it plumbing? Yeah. Good job, buddy. Good job. No more leaks, which is good. Praise God. All right. How's everybody doing today? Doing well? Good, good, good. I, um, I was just so um, hit by that song this morning the, the, that we were singing that uh, uh, I can't remember every word of it, but talk about, you know, how God encounters as we walk on our prodigal road. And that was just so powerful. So powerful, because we all, every one of us, we had a journey. Every one of us, we journeyed on a prodigal road. And on that road, God met us, and God embraced us, and God showered his love upon us, and God forgave us, and that God says, listen, you belong to me, and you're mine, you're my son, you're my daughter, and you're part of my family. And uh, you know, that was something I needed greatly. I don't know about you. But uh, a few years back, when I was 18, uh, I needed that. I needed to know that I was welcomed. I needed to know that I was loved. I needed to know that I was forgiven. And uh, it changed my life. It changed my life. I know it changed your lives too. Amen? And so, uh, so God's got a great, He has a great destiny for every one of us. He has a great destiny for us. And, uh, and I believe that. You know, part of walking as a Christian is discovering God's really serious about that. <laughs> God's really serious about the destiny that He has for you. You know, you're not, you're not a leftover, all right? You're not. How many of you are growing up, you ever played that game, you know, you're kind of you're picking sides? And, and you just, you know, as, as it kind of goes down and you're getting toward the end, the, the thing that you... You prayed and you're hoping that you wouldn't be the last one, right? That you wouldn't be the leftover. Because the leftover just kind of like, well, yeah, go wherever. Get on that side. It doesn't really matter because you're no good, <laughs> apparently. And uh, you're not a leftover in God's eyes. Amen. Isn't that good news, man? Isn't that great that you're not? That God chooses you first? He picks you first? And that, that is really, really good news. I um, I want to catch you up on a couple of things as I get as I get ready to share here. Um, back at the beginning of the summertime, we were sharing with you about an opportunity for our church in helping another church in the Richmond area. Uh, this is a church called Life Assembly Church. They were um, meeting pretty far out in, in the Goochland area, and they were going through some transitions. They were wanting to move a little bit closer into the city, a little bit more on the west side, sort of the west 288 corridor area uh, of our city. Uh, they were going through some transitions. I think I shared with you their pastor was leaving for a, 
another assignment down in Florida. And so um, through Pastor Rob Roden here in, in Richmond uh, had approached us and said, listen, these guys really would love your help. Would you like to help them? And we, we just thought, what a great opportunity to be able to help another church and helping during our transition. So at the beginning of summer, that's what we've been doing. We've been, uh, you know, developing relationship with these guys, great guys, great church, and helping them as they were transitioning from way in the depths of Goochland, and they're meeting temporarily at the Stratford University, Stratford, right, University, right off of Broad Street and I-64 there. And so we've been, been in walking with them and helping them and kind of what's next for them, and we've been... Uh, uh, rotating our teaching tent team out there last Sunday, Rifle uh, preached out there, and I heard, buddy, I heard back that they just thought you were amazing, phenomenal. And so we've been, uh, our Tim's been going out, I have, Manuel, different, different others. And um, so we've been kind of in conversations with them. And, uh, and they approached us and they said, listen, we, this has been our, in our heart for a while, but we want to be, become a part of Harvest. And we want to join ourselves with Harvest. And uh, this is a church about 35, 40 people. And they said, listen, we, we feel like that what we're going for, what we're wanting is what you, you have, the DNA of what you have. And we want, to, we want to join ourselves up with Harvest. And they said, what do you think about that? So... As eldership, we've been praying. As pastors, we've been praying. And we just feel like, you know, it's just, we feel like it's, it's God's moment for something like that to happen. And so we're really excited that as we, as we come from the summertime into the fall, we're stepping into a, into a very intentional type thing of working with them so that they become a part of harvest. So question is, what does that mean? When, when are they going to show up here? Well, the... The question, the, the thing is, is that they're going to they're gonna remain at the site that they're at. And what's going to happen at the beginning of 2019, we're going to be launching a new site with them out in the West End area, the West End corridor. And so that we begin to have, we have two sites of Harvest Renewal, Harvest Renewal Downtown, Harvest Renewal West End. And that's been something that's been on our hearts for a long, Amen. Just the opportunity to, you know, to really touch this city, to touch this area. And, um, you know, we're grateful for the doors that God opened here almost 20 years ago and, and blessing us, giving us this building. It was amazing. No mortgage on the building, no debt on the building, just gave it to us. And, I mean, that just doesn't happen. You know, a building like this that's worth close to a million dollars that um, has been given to you for the purpose of the gospel, for the purpose of the kingdom. That's amazing of that happening. We always felt like that's such a gift from God, you know, and, and we feel like there's a footprint that we have in this area that we will always have in this area. But we've always felt, I have always as your pastor felt like, that God was going to, as we moved ahead, it's taking a little bit longer than what I had hoped, but we're getting there, as we move ahead, that God was going to raise up other sites in the city and give us opportunity to serve. Amen? And so God's beginning to do that. So from here through the end of this year, we're going to be walking with these guys and, and uh, with Life Assembly and helping them to uh, go through all the process that's needed for them to become a part of Harvest and everything. So... Um, Tomorrow, if you're heading out to the, to the Labor Day picnic at the Gross Family, a lot of those guys from Life Assembly will be joining us out there. So hopefully you'll get to meet some of them. They're amazing people. Amen. And so we're beginning to do things where they're, um, uh, we have some that have indicated they want to be a part of the School of Ministry. Uh, they, have a, they have a good number of youth that's a part of the church there that's going to become a part of our youth group. And so we're, we're moving ahead that way, okay? I know there's going to be a lot of things that we'll need to share with you as we move forward, but we just want to let you know that many of you kind of 
begin to, you know, talk happens. You can't, you can't stop it. It happens. And so you, you know that something's been going on, and, and it has been, and it's been an intentional thing that we feel like it's really God. And, uh, and we be, believe that God has orchestrated this so to give us the opportunity to start a new site over there uh, in the West End area and to be able to reach another part of the city here. And uh, so we encourage you that maybe some of you that live out that way, if you'd like to, to one Sunday, take a Sunday and show up at, over there and join us and uh, uh, to see what's going on, what it's like and everything. is a great, uh, the, the place there at Stratford University that they're renting from is really great because it, uh, it, it will hold about 125 people. It's a great startup site. And, uh, and we'll, go, we'll move on from there, okay? So I just wanted to share that with you this morning so that you are aware of that. Like I said, we'll be sharing more about it as we move ahead and what all it means and things like that. Right now, we're going to continue to rotate our teaching team uh, through here and through the church over there, and, uh, and we'll continue to do that, okay? Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Last time I shared, I shared on the kingdom. We've been kind of sharing a lot lately uh, on the kingdom and a lot on vision and things like that, you know. And, you know, I asked a few weeks back, how many, how many of you knew what, or knew what was the vision of this church? And we had a rousing response of hardly anybody, okay? And so we talked about that. And the vision of our church, once again, is to carry a move of God for Richmond and beyond as we love God, we love others, and we embrace His kingdom. And see, that includes everybody. That includes everybody. We all have a part. We all have a part. And as we move ahead with what we're doing here of a launching of a new site, I want to tell you, everybody is involved. We're all moving forward together, aren't we? The only way we can do this, guys, is that we move forward together. Amen? And we all feel like, listen, I'm a part of this. No matter what, what the Lord gives you to do, whatever, how you can participate, and that we're all together in this, and we're moving forward in this. And that's, that's an amazing thing about a vision, is that it gives us something that we're all working toward. We're all walking toward. We're all moving toward. And we say in our vision that we all carry something. You all carry something of God to touch those around you. Amen? To touch the city, to touch the surrounding areas, to touch as we're loving God, as we love others, and as we embrace His kingdom in a real way. That's an exciting thing. It really is. Now, it's important as we do this that we all stand up and we move together. We all stand up and we move together. I want to talk a little bit this morning about crippling mindsets. Because the only thing that will hold us back from moving forward in God is what we believe. What's in our mind. I know Rifle speaks a lot about this. We have spoken a lot about in the renewing of our mind. But the fact is that many times we miss out. Many times we're not moving forward in God when God has presented an amazing opportunity for us to move forward in the destiny that He has for us because of what we think and what we believe. And it cripples us. You know, throughout the, the New Testament, you found uh, many times where Jesus would come up upon a paralytic, someone that was crippled, or later His disciples, and each time they healed them. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it was like or what it could be like that you can't move. You can't participate. You can't do things that you would like to do. But see, God has an amazing plan for every one of you, and He, don't want, he doesn't want you to ever be crippled physically or crippled in your mind by what you believe. But there are things sometimes that holds us back. We may have the most amazing vision. You may have the most amazing opportunity in life. But if you're crippled up here, you're crippled in what you're thinking, 
and what you're believing, you're never going to make that journey. You're never going to make that journey. So in the little bit of time we have this morning, I want to talk a little bit about three crippling mindsets, okay? And how do we, how do we move beyond that? Because every mindset, every crippling mindset is based upon a lie. Every crippling mindset, anything that holds you back from God that you believe is based upon a lie. So with every crippling mindset is the, is the, is the, the opportunity, what is it? What is the lie that I'm believing? What is the thing that's holding me back, but it's because I'm believing a lie? And with every lie and discovering that, you also have to find out the corresponding core belief that's going to release you to get up and walk, to release you to be able to move forward in God, to do what God wants you to do. Listen, like I said, I believe we have a powerful vision. I believe we have an engaging vision. I believe we have something that is for all of us. But many times I find people that they already disqualify themselves. I can't do that. I can't be that. I'll never become that. And it becomes a crippling mindset that you may have. So I want to share just three, three mindsets with you. There's a, there's a, there's a, could share a whole lot more. Couldn't you, Art Tim? A whole lot more. But these three here, because don't want to, don't want to take too much time this morning, all right? Like I said, every crippling mindset is based upon a lie, okay? How many of you? You usually just find this in high school, the high school yearbook. How many of you got somewhere a high school yearbook stored somewhere? All right. You know, I had, we, have our, we had our store until years ago. We had a flood in our house, and all things like that got destroyed and stuff, you know. But it's interesting that in our high school, they have a website uh, for whatever year that you graduated, and you can go on that, and you can see pictures of people that you went to school with that you, you don't remember anymore, that uh, what they look like today. So you're trying to figure out, okay, do they look familiar? I don't know, you know. And, uh, but one of the neat things uh, is on this website, they had a copy of our yearbook. I, I hadn't seen it in years, of course. So I went online and began to look through and, and remember different people or whatever. But you get to this place called Senior Superlatives. I mean, senior superlatives. And in that is always this thing, the most likely to. The most likely to be successful. The most likely to make a million dollars. The most likely to whatever it may be. You know, went through there page by page, did not see my picture on that anywhere. I was not in the most likelies at all. You know, I probably more regarded myself the most unlikely, more than likely, was that, that uh, in my mind was the most unlikely to be able to ever do this or ever to do that or whatever. But, you know, <clears throat> it's easy for us to have a crippling mindset of being the most unlikely, of being the most unlikely. If you look, if you look through Scripture, most of the people that God used in a magnificent way regarded themselves at one time or another as the most unlikely. So it's, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a, you know, pretty popular thing, all right, to be the most unlikely. So you ought to be excited about that. Maybe I'm, I'm in that group of the most unlikelies, you know. But congratulations, because God's going to use you in a powerful way. If there was a, if there was a, the most unlikely person in the Bible, it was a guy named Gideon. All right. Uh, in your bulletin, you can see I, I, I talked a little bit about Gideon. And in this place of the most unlikely, now the question is, what is the lie? What is the lie that is attached to being a part of the most unlikely group? Do what? Not good enough. That's good. All right? Something else? Anything else? What is the lie you think? Marvin was... Do what? Not going to succeed. Yeah. Then Nick? Identity. Okay, yeah. 
that you look at yourself and you say, just begin to shake your head. You know, it's not going to work. <laughs> and who I am, whatever. Basically, what you're saying is, that it could be a lot of different reasons, but you're saying I'm disqualified. Because of this reason, I'm disqualified that I'll likely ever be able to do this or that or whatever it would be. All right? That I'm disqualified. Growing up, my greatest disqualification was getting up in front of anybody speaking. Because I had a really bad speech impediment growing up. I went through years and years of therapy and things like that, but so afraid to get in front of anybody to say anything because I was afraid I was going to mess up on my words, mess up on the pronunciation of things and like that. So that was the thing that whenever there was an opportunity to get up and to do something, I, I disqualified myself. I was the most unlikely, the most unlikely ever to get up and to say anything. That was me, you know. And God changed that. God changed that in my life because he kept giving me opportunity, and I would keep handing them off to someone else. You know, you would be better. You're more likely to be able to do this than me. I couldn't do this or whatever. So God used a lot of things in my life to enable me to be comfortable in talking with people. And, uh, and so, so here's Gideon in the Bible. I can identify with Gideon because I was a Gideon at one time too. How about you? Maybe you were a Gideon at one time. And, we, and the story is basically that the nation of Israel has been under the rulership of, a, of another group of people, the Midianites, and they have been just really, I mean, really hostile toward them. And what they would do, every time that the Israelites would plant their crops or get, try to get a little food, they would come in and right before harvest time, and they would steal everything. So the people would just continually just be defeated again and again and again, no matter what. So here's Gideon. We find Gideon in his father's wine press, they say, threshing wheat because of, his, of fear that if the, if the uh, Midianites found out that he had a little bit of wheat, they would come and take it from him. So here he is. And, and, and it says here in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. There we go. Okay. And it says this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Gideon, and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. All right? I'm sure at that time, Gideon probably looked behind him to see if somebody else was standing there. You know, because he was, un, he was the most unlikely in his mind, to be anybody like that, to be a man of valor, to be a man of strength. The angel said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. So Gideon opens his mouth and comes out crippling mindset. He said to him, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm sure it was like, was like, oh, my Lord. It was probably like, oh, my Lord. All right, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Crippling mindset exposes itself. I'm disqualified. I am the most unlikely to do anything like this. So you may want to move on down the road a little bit, get a better get a better candidate than myself. And God responds to him, and the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. A couple of things that you see in here is that God had a different mindset of Gideon. I want to tell you, do you know God's mindset of you? It is, it is completely different from what you're thinking about yourself. I can guarantee you that. God's mindset of you, like of Gideon, God said, listen, you are my man of strength. You're my man of power because I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to tell you, 
any time that somehow a lie will come up and to make you think you're disqualified or you're the most unlikely, I guarantee you God will say, I'm with you. And that's all you need. That's, I found that that's all we need is for God to be with us. That's all we need. He said here, the Lord, the first thing he says, he says, the Lord is with you. Gideon, you're not by yourself. Because the Lord is with you, you are the most likely. You are the most likely, Gideon. Will you believe that? Will you believe that the Lord is with you? That God has called you? See, the core belief that, that moves us out of that mindset is the belief that God is with me. That with Him being with me, I'm qualified. I am qualified because God is with me. The thing that, that will bring you out of that crippling mindset is the understanding that God has called me. God has called me. God has called every one of us to complete the purpose and destiny that He has for us. And I want to guarantee you that most of the things that God calls us to is way beyond what we feel like is our capability. Way beyond what we think that we can do. And we miss out. We miss out because we never even attempt to do it many times. Because we have that mindset, most unlikely mindset. <clears throat> when we were out in New Mexico, we were at a conference that Cindy and I spoke at, and we spoke on the prophetic and had a gentleman from uh, Bethel Church, Steve Bachlin, that ministered. And he's got this little devotional type thing called Victorious Mindset. It's really awesome. But when I, w I was reading through this and I, and I found something that he had put down here, that I felt like, well, this, this really goes with this unlikely mindset, the most unlikely. And these are people that if you look throughout the Word, Word of God, they were a part of the most unlikely group. Something about their life disqualified them, or they thought did. But God used every one of these people in extraordinary ways. Let me just go down here, all right? These that had a most unlikely mindset, okay? These people felt like they were most unlikely. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. He, he experienced a lot of rejection. Moses had a stuttering problem. So I identified with Moses. You know, Moses, Moses said, listen, get someone else to speak. I can't speak. Use my brother. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid, as we read here. Rahab was a prostitute. How would God ever use her? She was the most unlikely, man. Why would God ever use her? But God used her in, a, in an extraordinary way. Talks about it in the Bible. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. I love Jeremiah. Jeremiah, when he was a young man, God came to him, and he said, he said, I've chosen you. I've chosen. And Jeremiah said, well, you, I need to clue you in, God. I'm in the most unlikely because I'm way too young. I don't even know what to say. And God said, don't worry about it. I'll put my words in your mouth. And God used Jeremiah in a time that he needed a person to stand up and declare, declare the, 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 the wisdom and the, and the prophetic and the heart of God to a nation. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Just think about that. All right? Elijah was suicidal. He wanted to die. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. All these people had reasons why they were to be part of the most unlikely group. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ three times. The disciples, all of them, were the most unlikely. They fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Why would God ever use her as a woman of faith? 
because Martha worried about everything. She was most unlikely. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. (laughs) But God used, he was the most unlikely. Probably he won the prize of the most unlikely to make a difference from God. When you're dead, it's difficult to make a difference for God. But that didn't stop God. Amen? He brought him out of that mindset. Hallelujah. Listen, every one of you, we all have reasons. If you look, like I said, through the Word of God, you will find people, person after person after person, that had a reason why they were not likely to be used by God. But God overruled every one of those. You may have been may, may be struggling in life right now because of that crippling mindset. I'm the most unlikely. So why don't you just choose someone else, God? No, God wants to choose you. The fact is that God has already chosen you. The fact is that God has already chosen you. I love in the book of Corinthians, Paul writes about even in, uh, him being in his place of weakness. And he says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, he says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many are wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, the things that are despised. God has chosen and the things that which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. When you look through this passage of Scripture, a couple of things that you need to highlight, you need to circle, you need to put stars on, whatever you need to do is this. For you see your calling. You've been called. He says, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Once again, you're called. God has chosen. Three times in this passage, God says, has chosen, has chosen, has chosen. If you have experienced that amazing being reborn in Jesus, you've been chosen. God knows your past, doesn't care about your past. Because he only knows, he only sees your future. He only sees your future, guys. He never concentrates on your past, never looks at your past. And he urges us every time, don't look at your past. Your past has nothing to do with it. But it's me being in your future, me being in the today is what matters. And so coming out of that crippling mindset of the most unlikely God has chosen you. All right? Let's look at a couple of things here. We've got, we got another two hours and 15 minutes, so we're doing great. And, oh, did we forget to tell our visitors we stay a bit late? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're, they're looking at each other. Leave now, yeah. Okay. Here's another mindset, crippling mindset, if only. How many have you, of us have said this? If only I would have done this. If only I would have taken advantage of that opportunity. If only I did not make that decision. The lie that's attached to the if-only mindset is this. You cannot have a quality future because of the bad decisions you have made in the past. And many people are crippled in their life because they are always looking at the decisions they made in the past and they don't understand that God has a future for them. God has a future. The thing about living in your past, the thing about the if-only mindset, your life is filled with regrets. And, you know, we all are going to have some regrets, but we need to move beyond our regrets, don't we? Letting regrets rule your life is not what God's heart is towards you. Because regrets always speaks about the past. It means that we're focused on the past, 
and not the future. Listen, it is impossible to go forward while looking backward. You ever tried to do that? Let me encourage you tomorrow. When you go to work, when you go to classes, when you go to school, wherever you walk, just look backward the whole time and see how, how, that, how that works out for you, okay? It's not going to work out really well, is it? Trying to move forward and always looking behind. But when you have regrets in your life and you let regrets remind you and tie you down, you're always looking in the past. That's exactly what's going to happen. You'll never be able to move forward. You'll never be able to move forward. Listen, I want to encourage you. We are not, to, we are not called to fix an old life, but to find a new life. That's strong. That's strong, guys. We're not called to fix an old life. Because God says that old life is dead. God says that there's been a new creation that has happened within you. And your, your life is all about moving forward and finding out what that life is all about. Do you think that maybe Paul had a few regrets? Maybe Paul's regrets, I, 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 I wish I, I hadn't been too proud. If only I had not been too proud. Maybe his regret was, was, if only maybe I wasn't as religious. I let my religiosity to get the best of me. Maybe his regret was, if only I had not persecuted the Christians. Maybe if only I had not thrown the Christians into prison. If only I had not been a part of the killing and murder of Christians. Paul had all sorts of regrets. Potentially. Potentially, Paul, one of the most amazing men that God ever used. His life was filled with regrets. And so if God can use this man, he can use anybody. He could use a murderer. He could use people that, that persecuted other people and spoke hatefully about other people. Paul says this in 1 Timothy chapter 1. It's not up there, but that's okay. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he, count, he counted me faithful, putting me into ministry. Paul is talking about it. He said, man, I, I am so blown away that God chose me. He put me into ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy. I obtained mercy. One of, one of Paul's liberating thoughts was, I obtained mercy. It fixed everything. It caused him to walk again from a crippling mindset. caused him to walk again because he says, listen, I obtained mercy. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes it out even in a plainer way to us. He says in chapter 3 of Philippians, verse 13 through 14, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. He said, I, he said, I'm not looking behind. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of for me. Do you know that Jesus has something that belongs to you about your life? About your life that is going to that's going to be awesome. That's going to be amazing. He has hold of it, and he wants you to grab hold of that thing. And you'll never be able to grab hold of it if you're living in a life of regrets. If only. If only. I want to encourage you, man, that you need to rise up today. If that's been your mindset, man, if only I had not done this, or if I, only I would have uh, stayed in school a little bit longer, or you know, if, if, if only I had not gotten into that relationship or if only I had not started using drugs or whatever, if only if I, if I hadn't gotten into debt, maybe things would have been a whole lot better. Or if only if I didn't let that moment at time and my anger get the best of me and it ruined that relationship. If only I had not made some, whatever choice it is, fill in the blank because we have the blanks and we fill them in, man, with the if onlys, don't we? But Paul says, one thing I have learned, I press on. I press on. 
He says, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended it, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. So what is the core belief? We know the lie. The lie is you cannot have a quality future because of the decisions that you've made in the past. What is the core belief, the thing that's going to free you? My past does not have to determine my future. My future lies in God's promises. My past does not have to determine my future. There's sometimes that we just, we've got to grab hold of that, and we've just got to say, that lie is so strong within me. I've messed up so much. I've failed so much. I've made so many wrong decisions. But you've got to get... You got to grab hold of that liberating core belief that my future is not in my past. My future is in what God says. That's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters, guys. My future lies in that place right there. Amen? All right. We got 10 more minutes. One last thing here. One last crippling mindset. I'm not doing anything of value right now, mindset. I'm not doing anything of value right now. You're seeing that, well, I'm not really doing this or that. I don't think think there's a whole lot of value to my life right now, whatever. I'm not doing anything of value right now, mindset. The lie is I cannot, because I cannot see value in what I'm doing, then I have no real future. And you know, people, they get stuck in that mindset. They get stuck in a place of not understanding, knowing that God is using today and preparing me for my future. God is, and he always does that, doesn't he? But we don't see that because we're crippled with the mindset of saying, everything that I'm doing right now is not going to really add up to much of anything. There's not much of a future because of what I'm doing right now. You know, maybe you're thinking, you I, I, you know, I, I volunteer in the children's ministry. I go down. But, you know, I'm not really, I don't think really I'm doing much of anything. Or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm ushering. Jamie, maybe I'm ushering, okay? There we go, buddy. All right. That sometimes we just think that, okay, I'm not, I'm not really doing anything that I can say, man, I'm a world changer. I'm a world changer. You'll never see yourself as a world changer until you accept what you're doing now, that God is using the now to prepare you for the future. Amen? The core belief is this. God is always preparing me for something greater. The core belief that will get you out of that mindset is that no matter where I find myself, we all find ourselves in places of saying, God, why why do you have me here? Why do you have me in this place right now? You know, I'll never be able to do anything for you. I'll never have a future. And that's the lie that goes through our mind. But the core belief is knowing that God is always preparing for me something greater. There's always a belief that there is somewhere a divine convergence between my preparation today and my opportunity for tomorrow. If you can keep moving ahead and knowing that no matter where God has you and what he's doing through your life, that right now of us is of extreme importance in preparing you for tomorrow. I'm going to say this again. This is so important. We must believe there will be a divine convergence between my preparation today and my opportunity tomorrow. A scripture that I feel like was just so powerful that brings this into focus a little bit is Matthew 25, 23. This is a scripture that, that uh, and it's about the scripture of the people who have the talents, if you remember, in Matthew. And uh, each had been given a certain amount of talents, and were they faithful over those talents? Were they faithful with the ordinary things? And see, that what it comes down to, it comes down to not <clears throat> what my future looks like or whatever, 
but am I faithful? Am I faithful with what is before me right now? Am I faithful with what is before me right now? Listen, I did, it just didn't happen one day that all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to be starting a church, and I'll be the, the pastor of the church, and it'll be a wonderful day, and yay, and, you know. It didn't start there. It started serving in the children's ministry. It started changing babies' diapers, and it started putting up chairs and loading tables. It started doing the things that nobody else really wanted to do because it seemed menial, it seemed ordinary. But I understood and I knew that everything that God was allowing to me to do, no matter how menial it seemed to be or how small it seemed to be, was preparing me for something greater. See, that was the heart of Joseph. That's the thing I love about Joseph. Because Joseph had an amazing dream. And it's important for you to have a vision of a, of a future and important for you to be able to understand because your vision will give you power for the present. Your vision will give you power to do what needs to be done in the present so that one day you'll find yourself in the future. Do you understand that? When, when you're crippled with this mindset, you don't understand that because you just feel like, well, I'm just being overlooked. You know? I'm being overlooked. I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not welcomed. I'm not liked, liked. I'm being rejected or whatever. All the other lies that come to it. Instead of saying, listen, man, <clears throat> I've been asking to do this. Man, I'm going to do it with every strength within me, with every fiber of my being, with all the faith I have. Because I, my vision is beyond this. But I know that it's important for me to have a vision because without vision, I perish. So my vision is not necessarily just to get me there, but to provide the power I need right now to do what I need to do right now that I keep moving forward. Because God says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, he said, Well done, good and faithful servant, for you have been faithful over a few things over menial things, but I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. The key of being having opportunity over many things is what you're doing over the few things. What do you do over the few things? And when you're, when you're diligent in just exercising your faith in the few things, I want to tell you, then you're breaking out of a mindset that could cripple you if you don't. You're breaking out of that mindset. We must see that every dimension of our life is a preparation of ruling over many things. We, we can have a vision that one day, man, I'm going to be doing this, and I'll be doing that, and I'll have these people working with me, and I'll be you know, taking responsibility over this and that, whatever. But it's what what you're doing right now. Every dimension of our life is a preparation of ruling over many things. I wrote these things down, okay? What are the things that we're being prepared for? I'm being prepared in my love, how to love others. Being prepared in my consistency. Being prepared in my emotional strength and my people skills. You know there are people that have no people skills at all? I've met them. <laughs> I was one of them. You know how God, you know how God, because I was, I was shy, I think went back because uh, I was afraid to talk in front of people. You know how God gave me people skills? Working at Kmart. I mean, that was not necessarily the end of my rainbow, okay, working at Kmart. <laughs> But, but, you know, I worked at Kmart for a long time because I worked at Kmart to work my way through college. That's where I worked, worked in the sporting goods department. Became a manager at Kmart uh, after I graduated because I didn't get in medical school the first year. <laughs> that was a little bit of a drop, you know. But I did get accepted the second year. 
But I didn't go to medical school because I met a young lady that, that I fell in love with, and, and I felt like God maybe had a different life for us, which he did, you know. But my people skills were developed at Kmart of helping people, talking with people, finding out how can I serve them, how can I help them. Th- that helped me more than anything else. But, you know, if I had a mindset that I'm not doing anything of a value right now, not doing anything of worth right now, why should I even do this? Anybody can work at Kmart, you know. Anybody can do this. I have some, uh, I'm meant for something better. But I could have walked into the better, but if I had no people skills, can you imagine a pastor with no people skills? Not a pretty thing. I've served under pastors that had very little people skills, okay? All right, all right. Every dimension of your life, every part of your life, guys, is a preparation. All right? People skills, relationships with others, finances, releasing the Holy Spirit around me, relating to authority, relating to authority, handling difficult situations, maintaining joy in dead moments, in dead situations, maintaining joy when it seems like, man, everything around you is just is dead. Finding solutions for problems. Learning when to speak and when not to. And many, that's, that's very important, isn't it? You know, that God is, God is using that dimension of your life to prepare you for something great, to prepare, prepare you for something amazing. The belief that God is preparing me for, for important things gives me purpose and strength to successively live for today in every way. In every way. Say this. I am being prepared for great things in days ahead. Say it again. I am being prepared for great things in days ahead. Amen. You are. You are being prepared. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there are other mindsets that are just as crippling. That victim mindset that I'm always a victim. The mindset that I've, I, I failed too much. I'll never succeed because I failed too much. I don't know about you, but when I read it, read in the Bible, it says, though a righteous man, a successful man, fails maybe even up seven times, yet he will rise again. The, the lie is my failures will never pave the road for me for success. The truth is, in spite of failures, God will use me. God will use me. Amen? All right. Guys, let's all stand up. I'm... Hallelujah. Throughout the Word of God, when when Jesus encountered someone that was crippled, someone that was paralyzed, someone that couldn't walk, he would always tell them to rise up and walk. Always tell them to rise up and walk. I'm going to tell you today, there needs to be some walking being done. I don't know about you, but at one time or another, all of these mindsets, I possessed every one of them in my life. And many times I allowed those mindsets to hold me back. But God brought the truth, and God brought the healing, and God brought the liberation for me to stand up and to walk. So I don't know if your mindset has been, you know, I'm the most unlikely, Pastor Doug. I'm just the most unlikely. Maybe your mindset was, Well, if only I had not done this, and if only I had not done that. Or maybe your your crippling mindset was, I can't believe that I will do anything successful or valuable in life because look what I'm doing now. I find no value in it. I want to pray over you today. Some of you today, 
is your, today is your day of, of first steps. First steps. If you feel like in some way that you have allowed any of these mindsets or others to have crippled you from moving forward, I want to call you out. And I want you to walk down here with me. Seth's already walking. <laughs> if you identify with any of these mindsets today, you say, listen, man, I want to be crilled. I want to be healed of being crippled in my mind. Anybody else? Listen, we could fill this place up with people because I know that we all have grappled with these things. And it's in the grappling and it's in, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. And I'll tell you that God will have an amazing plan for your life, an amazing destiny for your life. God is good. God is good. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come and join us. <clears throat> Come and join the ones who are walking out of that place of being crippled. No more. Amen? No more. I'm not going to be crippled. No more. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you right now, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for every person that have just stepped out of their seat and say, listen, this is my faith action today. My faith action to step out of where I am, to step out of what I have been believing, the mindset that I have been having, God. And it changes today. It changes today, Lord. That God, that you have a plan, you have a destiny, you have a vision for me, Father. And God, you're connecting me with people that are like-minded, that have a vision to believe that we're supposed to we're supposed to do something. We're gonna make a difference in this city. We're gonna make a difference in reaching people for Christ, to see people healed, to people restored, to see people to have a future and a hope, as Jeremiah said. For it says, God, God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you to give you a hope and a future. Father, I thank you, Lord God. I proclaim a hope and a future over every person in this room, Lord God. And Father, we just thank you that we will, we will grab hold of the core beliefs that we need to believe, which is that's what you say. God, we're going to grab hold of those beliefs, and we're going to take them, Father, and it's going to rule our life. God is going to rule our life, Father, that we could be about accomplishing all that you have for us and to do that. So, Father, we just right now, Lord, if, if you're near someone, just put your, put your hand upon them right now. Just agree together with the person next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you. Father, we agree right now, God, for every person that said, that's me, that's me. God, thank you, Father, for helping me to, to believe differently, to change my mindset. I am not going to be crippled anymore. Not going to be crippled anymore, Father. God, I am going to, I'm, God, I'm going to engage on that journey that you have for me, that journey of destiny, that journey of success, Father, that journey, Lord God, to be a world changer. Even here in Richmond, it begins here. I'm going to change my world by seeing my community change, by seeing my loved ones change, by seeing my friends, my co-workers, whatever. And each day, I'm going to value each and every day because each day brings another opportunity for the fulfillment of the future. Thank you, God. Father, we just receive your grace. Just reach out and receive God's grace right now. God's grace to cause you to walk. To cause you to walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We receive that right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. If you need continual prayer, we're going to have people down here this morning or this afternoon that would love to pray with you. Just stick around. And if you need prayer, let someone pray with you. Let me encourage our altar ministry team to come down right now, to be available for prayer, to pray with people. God bless you all. We love you so much. Hope to see you tomorrow out of the Gross family.
Let me just encourage you real quick, guys. I know some, some of you may not have a ride out to the Gross Family Farm. It's a good 45 minutes from here. And uh, I believe that, um, is it Kevin? Kevin Hankins right over here. He has, some, he has some room that if you need a ride tomorrow, please see him, okay? All right, thank you.